This is the MDRT Podcast. Every financial advisor wants to feel organized, motivated, and yes, successful at the beginning of a new year. In December 2023, MDRT Executive Committee members... Carol King, 25-year member from Singapore. And this is John Nichols from Chicago, Illinois and Naples, Florida. Clay Gillespie from Vancouver, Canada. Greg Gagne, Exeter, New Hampshire. Explain how they ensure that January maintains the momentum of what came before. Traditionally, the end of the year, as in December, is the best part of the year where Christmas comes along. But the sad part is when December ends and January 1st comes next. On New Year's Eve, when everybody is celebrating and us too, the next day when we wake up is January 1st and our production counter resets at triple zero. So that had been quite a difficult thing for us to overcome starting the year at triple zero because back home in Asia, primarily most of us are risk-based and we don't have trailers that carry forward to the new year. In the last five to 10 years, I decided for myself that I shouldn't be starting with new business when the new year starts. And I really should start prospecting and selling to, new, to clients for the new year in the preceding year. Especially now that I am in the executive committee and with my hectic travels throughout the year, time is a limited commodity and I wanted to maximize my time. With my focus on the high net worth market, the sales cycle is generally longer than usual and the underwriting and completion of any policy sometimes can take two to three months. And with that in mind, I am able to plan for the new year and have a stronger head start for the new year. So at the start of the year, I try to ensure that all my objectives for the year are in place and taking into consideration the number of trips or travel within the year, I would need to have uh, certain checkpoints throughout the year to ensure that all my targets for the year all in order. You know, I'll just pick up right where Carol left off on what do we do to start off January in a fast pace? And, you know, it's like a fast pace meeting, a kickoff meeting, and that's where I'll bring the entire team together. And I'll really try to accomplish a couple of things. One, remind them of our mission, right? What's our overall objective for our firm? And number two, focus in on specific attributes of our year. We're going to focus on this area. Maybe it's less wastage within our business. Maybe it's new clients in specific target markets that we're in. And so we'll just review that. And then ultimately, I try to make that particular day or that particular meeting fun. And and so I will invite the individuals to participate in in some type of an event. And it might be over a lunch, it might be a happy hour, it might be an outing, and we'll do something like that. Additionally, I want to go back on what Carol said is 
we do a fair amount of preparation work in December so that we're prepared to roll into January already with momentum. I have a team of 15 people, and with 15 people, I have 10 salespeople. So each of those salespeople have one-on-one meetings with me to kind of set up their own planning for the year, my observations, maybe some uh, best practices that they can focus Mm -hmm. in on. As far as our professional staff is concerned, I do visit with them one-on-one, typically to go through a review of the year, maybe focus in on some skill training that they can implement in 2024, the new year. And then I also will bring the entire professional staff together because I like them working together as a unit. And then the last big meeting is when I bring the entire firm together, review 2023, and then have that kickoff meeting in 2024. As far as me personally, I map out my year just like I do with the salespeople. I'm incorporating my trips, my planning, any education that I'm going to partake in all my continuing education, as well as then client reviews. I typically work with larger clients, larger businesses, law firms, executive recruiting firms, a couple of venture capital firms. And those meetings I typically set up on a quarterly basis in reviewing with their HR professionals to review the benefit planning, new enrollees, And all of that is mapped out prior to the year even beginning. I'm a sole producer, so hearing what John said, it seems that he is a whole lot more detailed and thorough with his planning. Well, I'm going to tell you, they know when the boss is on fire (laughs) because they make fun of me in that way. And actually, that's the culture of our firm. We have a lot of fun, uh, but when it's time to work, you know, it's time to work. And I think they appreciate the accountability and in helping them grow as individuals as well as producers. And it's probably the funnest part of my job is building the relationship with these individuals and help them reach their dreams and goals within our organization and within the profession that they've chosen. I believe to start well in the new year, you had to start the previous year. And so my strategy is always to do a business plan in October, November every year. So when I hit the ground in January, I already know what I've done. I know what I'm planning. I think a lot of us try to get something done before the end of the year. And then you show up in January and you haven't done anything yet. So I think the best way to be prepared for the new year is to do it the previous year. So it's just a process that you go through and that you're not starting over just because it's January 1. I tend to agree with you, Clay. When I was newer in the business, I used to kind of sprint my way into and through the month of December and then take a couple of days off over the new year and then go into my office and prepare for the next year. Of course, at that time, I was not very successful in the industry. I was performing at what I call under the table qualification status. And I I knew I needed to figure something out that would help me to be a more sustaining and productive advisor. And what I did is I started implementing a strategy, communication calendar, and building momentum that was on a flywheel effect, always happening instead of just once in a while. 
so that I would be going from one year into the next year on a continuum. Yeah, the whole objective, I believe, is to build a process. The end of the year is interesting, but it's not really relevant to your practice. You should have a process when you're going to communicate, how you communicate, what months you're going to see your client. Design that all ahead of time so it doesn't matter if it's January 1 or June 1st. Exactly. Well, January 2023 feels like a long time ago. Is there any learning from them that will impact how you do things in January 2024? For me, it's going to be spend a little more one-on-one time. I tend to fly pretty hard and fast and high and sometimes can overlook visiting one-on-one and learning more about the individuals on the team to build a deeper trust level, which will then in turn build a longer loyalty level. And so for me, it's going to continue to drive deeper relationships with the existing team so that I can, again, have that better trust, better loyalty, better environment. And it's little things like that. So for example, one of my team members just got married and I wasn't necessarily invited to the wedding, which is fine, but I bought her and her new husband a gift. So it's gonna be something meaningful. They'll remember it, and it's my way of connecting with them at a deeper level than just the professional level. I recall 12 months ago, I knew that this year, 2023, I was going to be on the road very much. I sat down with my assistant and I told her that I'll be traveling a lot, but I will always be a text message away, a phone call away. And if any of my clients needed to connect with me for any reason whatsoever, I will definitely reply. But I may be a bit delayed because of the time zone difference. So I wanted to ensure that none of my clients felt that I was neglecting them because of what I had to do by being on the road throughout the year. And just picking up on that, for my clientele and, and for our operation, I empower our team so much so I'm a huge delegator and I think that gives my team confidence to perform their duties, connect with our clients and really be my voice when I'm not available. And they know I have their back and I trust them when I empower them. And so that's another piece that I work very hard on to help them learn, grow, leverage them with, you know, so my time is focused on more important activities. It comes back to when I do my business plan every year, if I go to a session or if I go to read some research, I put it away in an envelope or I store it online, matters how I I have the material. And I really don't change anything to I do my business plan because by definition, when you start something new, you're stopping something else. And there's so many times you hear people, I used to do that and I quit doing it. Why'd you quit doing it? Why well, tried something else? Like, so every decision you make, everything you start, there has to be a reason to do it. And when you start something, you're stopping something. And so it's not as simple as people do. The advice you hear all the time, you go to a conference, they tell you, well, if you don't use this within two weeks, you're never going to do it. And there's some truth to that, that you have to do something with it. But if you, you can't run a business by changing it every two weeks, then it's like you're a yo-yo bouncing all around. You have to treat it like a business. So it's different than people think that, oh, here's a great idea. I'll implement it. That's not how businesses are run. 
Yeah, I know for us, Clay, what we do is as we come into the last quarter of the year, it sets the stage for the what some changes might look like going into the year that follows. And a few things that we do in our team retreat is uh, we ask four questions that we all answer to make a determination what may change as we move into that next year. The first thing we talk about is what went well. What did we just do this year that went really, really well? And everybody contributes to that. And then once we identify some of the answers to that, then we counter that question with what didn't work well? And we'll talk about that for a while to determine things that maybe we need to improve, tweak, adjust. And then the last two questions I think are really the key. So what are we not doing that we should be doing that would impact the other question? And then finally, what are we doing that we should no longer be doing? And that has been really huge in our growth because we identify things that we are doing for the sake of that we want them done. It doesn't do any benefit for the client. It's something we think the client might like, but the clients could care less, such as, for an example, confirmation letters for an appointment. When you amplify that times a few of our advisors times 15 appointments per week, that's a lot of confirmation letters. That's a lot of staff time focused on just sending out these confirmation letters. We stopped doing confirmation letters. It did zero to our cancellation. And we now could take that time and channel it into something more productive. Yeah, the biggest learning we do is every three years, we do our strategic, five-year strategic plan every three years, because after three years, it starts to get a bit stale. And that's kind of your North Star in your planning, what you want to look like when you grow up. And then every you do a business plan and how does it relate back to the strategic plan or you're achieving what you're supposed to achieve. You get greater success if you look further out, you design a process, you stick to a process. I think where people plateau is they don't think of the future and they spend their entire day putting out fires, dealing with, oh, I got to have more client meetings, I got to do this. You have to spend time working on your business or you'll always be all over the place. I agree with you on that 100% too. And I think one of the best techniques to work on the business is to step outside of the business, to take a retreat from being in the office and focus your time working on your business instead of just living within it. And there's a lot of clarity that comes out when you do that exercise. I'm sure you found the same to be true. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of the things I've done over the years to increase how my business is done, I'd go to somebody's office and I'd spend a day there and run through what they're doing, how they're doing. I went to your office once to see how it was going and what was going on. And, you know, you learn a lot from various people and then you put the information away and you bring it together because everybody has a different style. So you're trying to find stuff that fits your style. Just because it works from someone doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So it's really hard when the questions asked, well, what's the one thing you did? Well, nothing really. It's just a combination of continually planning, looking forward and adjusting as required when you get additional data from your clients or the industry. And I think that's true of anything, uh, all the uh, MDRT meetings that you and I have been to and all the information and, and great ideas that we receive from our fellow members. A key takeaway that I think you were alluding to there too is don't implement everything you hear all at once. Take one idea, and it's not necessarily the big idea. It could be a very small idea that if you compound that over a long period of time, will have a tremendous change in the trajectory of your firm. I'd agree. Do you think people feel pressure at the beginning of the year to take big swings and that they might ignore that it's also important not to do things that aren't good for them? Well, part of that's human nature because we always do a calendar calculations. MDRT qualifications are calendar. You get your emails, how are you doing this year? Finish your last quarter. So 
there is a little impetus to look at it annually and try to get a big run up. Oh, I've made MDRT by X date, even though what's the difference between June and January? So it, it's just about stopping that realization and just going back and thinking and spending time on the business. And it's January is actually not the best time to be doing that. It's just like the New Year's resolution, going to change my diet, going to go exercise, going to do this, going to do that. We start adding all types of things onto our calendar, all of which are unsustainable, which is why we weren't doing them in the first place. So my guidance would be to back it up and start implementing small changes throughout the course of the year and then layer on top of those as they sustain. Because really, I think at the end of the day, it's consistency. It's our ability to stay consistent on the efforts that we're putting in to our business that's going to generate the results. Yeah, it's funny how people say, what process do you use? I'm going, just use a process. If you're consistently doing a process, doesn't even matter almost which process it is. It's one that fits your personality and you continually and you repeat it, success comes. You, it's got about having a repeatable process and not just winging it at every engagement. And I'll add on top of that, too, because there's another mistake that I made along the way, which is to answer your question about looking for swinging for the fences and stuff. It's when you have a decent level of success because you're rinsing and repeating the same process over and over again, so it becomes easier and easier and a little more rapid to get to the results. Sometimes we make the mistake of looking for the next big shiny object. I call it shiny hubcaps of life. We're going to take on a new business endeavor because it sounds exciting. And then we lose our focus because we stopped doing what we were doing that was creating all of the progress that we were making. And I call it the shiny hubcaps because when dogs chase the shiny hubcaps of life, they tend to get run over by the car they're chasing. And I've seen that so repeatedly in our industry from colleagues that make a game-changing shift midway through. And what they were doing was so wonderful, all they needed to do was double down. Yeah, it's the mistaken client that gets them into trouble. So they're working along and they're dealing with their client specialty and they happen to deal with somebody and get success. It's not their client. They should never have dealt with that success. And all of a sudden you've, you're working on this notional new specialty. The, the advice I got when I started the industry, which I still follow, is pick a, your specialty and make sure you see people only in your specialty and then you build the process around that. You know how to talk to the clients. You know almost what they're going to say before they say it. It's just so much easier to do business. And you have to stay away because every once in a while, a client will come in that's really big. And it's just not for you. And, and if you try to deal with them, A, it will take a long time because you're relearning something or you're learning something for the first time. And you're probably going to make a mistake because you're not good at it. You know, let somebody else do that. Do some joint work. Do something else. Just stay in your lane and just do it repeatedly. That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.